If you're trying to make any kind of meaningful, effective change in your life, you've come to the right place. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Lori Bischoff, and you are listening to, or, or watching as the case may be, another awe-inspiring episode of We're Talking Shift. I'm going to kick the show off today by asking you a question, and that is, are you willing to consider that there's magic in surrender? Hmm. Does letting go of control, well, does it freak you the fuck out like it does me? I hope nobody has kids in the room. I should have given you a fair warning. Sorry about that. But if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that it's always going to come out. But I have been working very hard on not being a control freak for a long time. And I've gotten really, really good at it. But there's always room for improvement. So my guest today is going to teach us how to surrender. He's going to teach us how that has been a key factor in the lives of so many great people throughout history. And he's going to talk to us about how we can move past barriers in our lives to discover the freedom and possibility on the other side of surrender. And let me tell you, I know that's true because when I've been in that situation where I've been wanting to like you know, have everything within my grasp and plan it all out, and then I've just taken a deep breath and let go, um, I can tell you that's true. The surrendering does feel good if you're willing to do it. All right, so I hope you're intrigued. I'm sure you are. I know I am. So let me tell you a little bit about my special guest, Coot Blackson. Coot has been recognized as the mindfulness guru that billionaires go to for advice by Inc. Magazine. He is the national best-selling author of You Are The One, and he has a new book, The Magic of Surrender. He is a much-beloved international speaker and transformational teacher. He speaks at countless events that he organizes around the world, as well as being a guest speaker at notable events, including AFEST, Young Presidents Organization, and Entrepreneurs Organization. He is a member of the Transformational Leadership Council, a select group of 100 of the world's foremost authorities in the personal development industry. Coot is the winner of the 2019 Unity New Thought Walden Award and is widely considered a next generation leader in the field of personal development. He has been featured on the Larry King Now Show, Dr. Drew, NPR, Fox and Friends, mind body green and so many more coots mission is simple and that is to awaken and inspire people across the planet to access inner freedom live authentically and fulfill their true life's purpose so without further ado coot welcome to we're talking shift thanks for having me I'm glad you're here. I, uh, I appreciate your time. I know you are a busy globe-trotting teacher <laughs> and speaker, so um, so much appreciation. Uh, so let's just jump in with everything that's going on in the world. This is probably a really good time to discuss the topic of surrender, which, I, you know, I think it actually seems a little counterintuitive to a lot of people being that for the past couple of years it feels like we've been sort of of forced to surrender many of our liberties uh it's been kind of like being in a bit of a straitjacket so the idea of surrender may initially make the backs of many people kind of stiffen up and have them thinking no way you know i'm, I'm trying to take back my control i've surrendered enough so what what do you, how do you explain to them, like define surrender in the context that you are talking about? Let's, let's define it first so people understand that we're not talking about giving up in the way initially we would think. And then I want to talk about your mom. Cool. Yeah, I think uh, there is this misconception in our culture today that, uh, that I feel is limited a limited perception, a limited understanding that to surrender means giving up, that to surrender is weak, that to surrender is passive, that to surrender is to do nothing, that to surrender, uh, you're going to be a victim, you're going to be taken advantage of, that to surrender means you're going to be a doormat, that to surrender means you won't manifest your goals, dreams and desires, that to surrender means um, <clears throat> you're going to get less in life and I'm actually reframing a new vision of what real authentic surrender is. 
and the possibility that through real surrender, not this, this sort of uh, inauthentic surrender, through real surrender, you don't get less, but what if you got more? More than you could even imagine and conceive with your limited ego and mind's capacity to imagine life and what's possible. What if you got more joy, more, maybe not what you expected, but more. And so just to define it, you know, surrender is to let go of control, at least the control that we think that we have. Because I think if you look at the last two years, the universe life has put us through a global seminar on surrender. I think we've been initiated into, into surrender in the sense that we thought we were in control and as human beings running around doing our thing, living life, great plans, and then boom, so well, whatever you want to call it, a pandemic hits and we're like, well, what the hell's happening? And so I think on a spiritual level, it's a reminder that maybe we're not as in control as we thought. Um, and so surrender is letting go of control. Control is a master addiction. The reality is there's so much in life that we are not in control of. There's so many elements of life. And even when we think we're in control, many times we're not in control. We just have this illusion of control. And the master addiction is control. And surrender is when we stop trying to force life to fit our limited idea of what we think it should be. And we stop trying to manipulate life to be what we think it should be or manipulate a person or a relationship to be what we think it should be. And it's a letting go of who we think we should be, the life we think we should have. And it's an allowing, it's an openness, it's an availability, it's a letting go, it is a curiosity. And I think when we truly surrender and open ourselves and we become fully available to the authentic life that is seeking to emerge and express through us, not what we think we should be living, but the true authentic nature of our life, the true authentic nature of ourselves, and we truly become available to that, to me, that is surrender. Then we take the surrender is to take the limitations, the limits that we put on life, often unknowingly with our good intentions. We want what we want, and we get so attached to wanting what we want. And so surrender is to let go of the attachment. It isn't to not have desire or move in a direction, it's to let go of that attachment because in that attachment, we often so hold tightly onto what we think should be, but sometimes what we think we want is not what we authentically want. Many times it's just what we think we want based on who we think we are. And so surrender is, the, is, is to be open. And when we surrender and we take the limits off of life, we are truly open and available to the highest good. We're truly open and available to infinite possibilities manifesting. If you look at the great ones, whether it's Jesus, whether it's Buddha, whether it's Gandhi, whether it's Muhammad Ali, whether it's Bruce Lee, and these were not weak, feeble, victim-y people. They kicked ass. They were game changers, whether it's Mandela, whether it's uh, uh, Martin Luther King, courage, Gandhi, courageous people that moved the planet, moved the world. They didn't just sit around and just you know, wait for life to happen. They, they, they surrendered themselves. I mean, dare I say it, some people might find this controversial, even Elon Musk, you know, practiced a level of surrender. Here's a guy who uh, sold PayPal, made $200 million, felt a calling to start these businesses. It was his calling, it was his own soul's calling and risked everything. How many of us would risk everything we have to follow an intuition, a calling. You know, you don't have to agree with certain things, but that's an example of someone living surrender, right. even in business. And so these individuals that surrendered themselves to a vision that was bigger than themselves, to a calling that was bigger than themselves, to their souls, to their deeper intuition. And so that's what surrender is. When you truly feel the deepest impulse, feel the deepest truth, feel your deepest integrity, and then you align your actions and your strategy, your actions, your resources, your marketing based on what's truly aligned and then give 100%. So surrender isn't passive. It isn't right. not taking action. It is when you feel that deepest truth, maybe someone listening to this, you feel a calling to leave your job and go in a direction, but you've been resisting that. 
and and it just doesn't leave you and that's the deeper truth but there's fear surrender is to lean into and acknowledge that deeper truth surrender might be maybe you you're you're a coach and you've been guided to put a particular message out there in the world but you're a little afraid that your audience won't 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 want it but it's coming through you surrender is to listen to that and dare to go where it's a bit scary and so it's not taking action Right. It, it takes trust, it takes courage, it takes willingness, it takes openness. But to me, magic, the, the, the reason I call the book The Magic of Surrender, not the art of surrender, not the power of surrender, not you know the thing of letting go, it, it's the magic. Magic is not a hocus pocus Harry Potter thing. Magic is that which is beyond your mind's identity, personalities, capacity to imagine what's possible. It's beyond your wildest dreams. What's beyond what you can imagine? The ego mind is only able to imagine based on its realm of experience and reference from the past. So whatever we project and imagine from the level of the mind, it can be good, but it it will be limited. Someone like Mandela followed his soul. He surrendered. It took him somewhat unexpected. It took him 26 years in prison. <clears throat> but we could say, shh, and he couldn't control that. What he could control is what he did within himself while he was in prison. What he could control is his mental, emotional focus. What he could control is using that time to develop his mental, emotional, spiritual muscle. And perhaps we could say, should he have not spent 26 years in prison? Should that not have happened? What if that didn't happen? Probably he would not have developed into the Mandela that we know where he developed the kind of soul force that was able, when he was able to come out of prison and that kind of soul force that was able to move culture, move humanity, that even when he's not in his physical body anymore, he's still impacting people. So look what happens. You know, that Mandela's life is a kind of life that you could not strategize with your mind. You couldn't, you couldn't sit down and write on your, on your vision board, well, I'm gonna spend 26 years in prison and then I'm gonna cut, it, it's beyond that. So most of us, we want the magic, but we don't want to surrender. And all I'm saying is there is no magic without surrender. Surrender is the formula. Surrender is the password to freedom. And to me, that's the invitation I want to give people. Yeah, I love that because really, you know, I'm so glad you you really laid that out well because it is um, it is different than what a person would uh, would initially think or react to, especially somebody that hasn't done any of that real um, sort of spiritual or mindset work, and yeah. and that is where you know I find a lot of that's what's it's a big gaping hole in what people are focused on. They're so focused on um, all of the attainment of their things and and controlling things and managing things and being and doing and having, but, and they're responding so much to emotions, but they're not connecting the dots that what they're thinking about and dwelling on and the meaning that they're applying to things is the the core and the source of all of their stress and anxiety and anguish and yearning and feeling like they can't have or do or be whatever it is that their soul really desires and to be able to um be still and quiet and stop trying to be the puppet master of everything and everyone in your life will allows that that calling and that desire the real yeah. thing to rise to the surface and then as you say you got to be though willing to surrender to it meaning you need to be able to to trust what that is and then have the the courage and the faith and the chutzpah and, and you know whatever you want to call it to 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 follow it willingness yeah yeah, yeah. it's a big, it's, it a big leap of faith for a lot of people you know and i think i think what you said about the last two years you know when people feeling like their liberties taken away here's the reality <clears throat> There are so many things that we cannot control. We can't control the government. We can't control what another driver does driving down the street and driving opposite us with no, nothing in between. We can't control them hitting us. We can't, but like in the last two years, 
What we can control is how we respond. What we can control is what we, the meaning we choose to make of what has been occurring. What we can control is using this time to <clears throat> perhaps step back and reevaluate ourselves, reevaluate our lives, reevaluate what's important, reevaluate our vision, reevaluate our purpose, reevaluate where we're going, reevaluate who we're going to be. And I think you can see the last two years as something disastrous and be a victim to it or you can see these last two years as an evolutionary opportunity where life has given us the the impetus to stop for a second get off the TikTok hamster wheel that we were on in the treadmill to step back and really rethink and reevaluate as an invitation to go to the next level and to ask ourselves what do i who am i and what's important and i've been going so fast but is what I'm doing what I want to be doing? Because many times we don't think about it, we're just doing it. Is yeah. where I'm going where I want to be going? Some of us, we, we were running so fast, we were afraid to stop running, but we didn't even know where we were running to. And so the last two years, perhaps, we can see it as it's happening to me, or we can say, well, this is happening, it's happening, I can't stop what's happening, but I can respond to it. I can choose who I'm going to be in the face of this challenge, in the face of this adversity. And I can use this opportunity to find, to, to find a deeper sense of freedom within myself and use this as a classroom like Mandela, right? To find that deeper freedom and look at, okay, if this is a classroom, if Mandela can do it, I can do it. And we were certainly in a better position than Mandela. And if I can then say, okay, I'm going to reframe the situation as an evolutionary opportunity for my soul's growth. How can I use this to find that deeper freedom? And what is freedom? And look at and use it to look at all those places that all of us, we may have placed our sense of identity, our sense of freedom, our sense of security, our job, our friends going out, status, this, that, all those things externally that is everything in the external reality is transitory. And so I think the opportunity we had it was to go inside and say, okay, who am I really? Who am I really? And what is my freedom really? How much of my freedom is based and dependent on things outside that can come and go like the wind? And how can I take my power back? Like truly take my power back and find my inner sovereignty. And then how can I maybe start living that in the world? And so I think there was a profound evolutionary opportunity for us to all awaken in the last two years, awaken yeah. to our real truth. And I think that that's what's exciting. You know, that's what's exciting. And, and, and we can fight it. It shouldn't be happy. See, all suffering arises. In any moment of suffering, you will always find this belief. And this is a pattern of resistance that we have. The experience, so, so, so folks, if you're in a moment of suffering, it could be on the traffic, it could be in a relationship, it could be any moment. Check yourself you will see this belief. The experience that I'm having is not the experience I should be having. I should be having some other experience. I, the experience I'm having is not the experience I should be having. I should be having some other experience. Whenever that pattern is running in your mind, instant suffering, instant suffering. And so surrender is, and we can go into this later, but surrender is the open-hearted participation. That's the key. It's the open-hearted participation with the process of life that is happening where you ask yourself okay i don't like what's happening you don't have to like it i don't like what's happening i don't agree with what's happening but it's happening there's nothing we can it, there's a recession happening this is happening it's happening and so what is this calling forth from within me and how can i participate in this process with a full open heart, arms wide open, so that I can use this experience, this situation, this moment for my soul's growth and evolution. There's two levels. You see one level, you can go into acceptance and that is a stage of surrender. Acceptance is a stage of where you say, this is what it is. It is what it is. But acceptance doesn't mean you're fully engaged. Acceptance doesn't necessarily mean you're fully uh, participating. Acceptance doesn't mean surrender. Surrender is, it's happening. And I don't understand why it's happening. Uh, the meaning I'm making about it doesn't make sense. I can't find meaning in it, but I'm going to trust that it's happening for my highest good. It's happening for a reason. And I'm going to use this. How can I use this for my betterment? How can I use this to learn, go, and evolve? And I think when we understand that we are souls, 
and we incarnate into this human experience. We are souls having a human experience. And life is perhaps the uh, school for our soul's evolution. That means to me, every experience, every, every experience is part of the curriculum and opportunity and invitation for our soul's learning. Every relationship, every situation, every pandemic, every virus, everything is part of the curriculum. If life is a school, we're always in class. And so when we can start looking at life from that perspective, we focus less on the what is happening. This is happening, that's happening, and pandemic's happening. This person said that, that person did this. We focus less on the storyline, which is one dimensional, and we focus more on the learning line, not just the goal line, but the soul line. And when we focus on the soul line, the freedom and the surrender is not necessarily to the experience, like someone might be in an, you know, in an abusive situation. Are you saying just surrender and sit here? No, I'm saying, look at the situation, accept that it's happening, get out of denial, like it's not happening. This is happening. I'm in an abusive situation. I'm in a toxic relationship. I'm in a screwed up you know, work environment, accept it, but don't stop there. Surrender is when you can say, okay, I accept it. And I accept that I may need to leave. I accept I need to make a change. But also the real surrender is when you drop to the level of the soul line and say, what is my soul seeking to learn here? What is the lesson that I'm seeking to, the surrender is to the lesson. Because when you truly learn the lesson for why you attracted that situation, for why you're going, that, going through that situation, you will eventually shift so that you can shift how you relate to the situation. You will also shift in such a way that you will probably graduate from that experience and shift out of that situation. And all lessons are repeated until learned. So the surrender is not just to the situation and staying in the situation, it's to the learning and the growth in the situation. And when we see ourselves yeah. as souls, that helps. Yeah, I I think you're so, so dead on there. It, if, uh, and you mentioned this several times and I wanna make sure we, we um, really put a bullet point to it the things that are happening and you are in resistance to it because as you say you think this is not supposed to be happening to me or around me i'm not supposed to be having this experience that resistance um if you don't um switch things in your mind to this is using me but instead to how can i use this because when when things are not going the way that we think they ought to go or want them to go we we start to feel right like victims which is a terrible counterproductive disempowered mindset to be in um you never want to be in a victim mindset even when perhaps you have been victimized but that's different than being wearing the hat of being a victim, yes, right? Still yes. be somebody that has been victimized, right? But that puts the responsibility on the person that was behaving badly, not you. You know, that that role was something they did. So you can still, it doesn't mean that you something bad wasn't perpetrated against you, but you have the choice to not be used by that situation and to become a victim and make that your I am that would be you know that's a horrible mistake to make as well, but instead, though. Um, always turning these things around to rather than feeling like you are a victim of circumstances to how can I use this and and asking yourself such a better question, why is this happening to me is not a good powerful question, mm. how can you know, how can I make the best use of this situation? And how can I, what is, what is my soul trying to express? What yeah. is trying to emerge through me to move me through this situation? You know, that, that saying, uh, you know, it, 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 it comes to pass. I mean, you know, it, and this too shall pass. It doesn't mean you're just supposed to wait for something to, to yeah. get through it. It means it's coming because you're, it's supposed to come in order for you to pass through it, you know, to evolve into something, something greater and something more. So I, I, I love how you laid that out. Um, talk about, talk about the ego standing in our way of becoming who and what well, we're capable of becoming. How does the ego stand in our way of us being able to let go and surrender? Sure. I mean, first, uh, the ego, I think we have to just have a simple 
concise understanding of ego because there's so much talk about ego 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 in in, in spirituality and self-help get rid of the ego ego is your enemy ego is bad ego gets a bad rap ego kill the ego annihilate the ego and and i think there's many misconceptions about the ego ego's become like this devilish thing that we have to like 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 it's even a thing and I say ego, first and foremost, isn't a thing. It's not like a thing, like this is a phone and here's the ego, like a little pet that we hold that we got to kill. Ego is a process. It's a process. When we understand the nature of ego, it starts to change our relationship with ego itself. It can just, the understanding can transform your relationship with it. Ego is a process of identification, of identification with body, name, form, stories, memories from the past, traumas, et cetera, and the degree to which we hold on to it. So just to get kind of maybe paint a really clear example, then I'll give a few steps. Ego is not good or bad. It just is. As human beings, we all have an ego. Buddha had an ego. Dalai Lama has an ego. Ego is the vehicle that we use in this lifetime to navigate this three-dimensional physical reality. If you ask the Dalai Lama, hey, Dalai Lama, he would turn around and say yes. In order to say yes, he has to have an ego. So it's our relationship with the ego that is more the issue than the ego itself. It's how we hold the ego and the degree to which we are ingrained and attached and identified with ourselves as Dalai Lama, look at me, or, you know, or or John or whoever we, we think we are, it's our identification and the degree to which we hold tightly to that, uh, that creates our suffering or not. That becomes the issue. And so when we're born as children, if you look at a baby, a baby doesn't really have ego in a sense. It, it, in other words, it's not so overly identified with its do you know who I am? You know, it, 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 it's not getting in it somewhere. A baby will jump on the table and sing and doesn't care if it's a little kid, you know, it's not before we're conditioned. It doesn't care if it's not Bruno Mars or Celine Dion. It, it, it hasn't been told that, hey, you can't sing or you, you, you're shit or, you know, you're terrible. Or people would jump on the table naked and just like, hey, here I am. And it's not caring that it's got all this little belly fat and do I look good and what the, it's just being itself. It doesn't have a, 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 an intense grip as a sense of ego itself. It's just, that's why kids and babies before they condition, they're in touch with their essence. You look into a child's eyes and they're in touch with their divinity, their divine light, their true selves, their authentic selves, their true nature. And that's why when we look into a child's eyes, we're reminded of what we are, what we were. So we were all that pure light, whole, perfect, complete, infinite spark. So what the hell happened where we got kind of shriveled up and attached into this egoic thing where now we try to control all of life. First thing is we were born into this, shall we say, preset context, a framework of conditioning. In other words, we met our parents. And as we met our parents, our parents were just doing the best that they could do based on their life and their conditioning. And they were conditioned by their ancestors and their grandparents, et cetera, et cetera. So now we're born into a preset pattern of karma, conditioning, dysfunction. Maybe dad was an alcoholic. Maybe mom was mad. Maybe they were fighting all the time. Maybe there was a whole bunch of pain going on around. Maybe they were nice people, but they were, shall we say, emotionally not present, emotionally not able to meet our needs. And in a certain sense, it was kind of painful. And so as these little sensitive beings, the, the ego gets created in this way. The first thing that happens is we learn to shut down, disconnect and not feel. Shut down, disconnect, not feel. We start developing all of these uh, defense mechanisms and strategies to not feel the pain that like mom is screaming at dad all the time and you know they're beating each other you know yeah. uh, siblings are being bullied and so shut down disconnect not feel we start erecting all sorts of walls defense mechanisms to not feel that pain we disconnect from parts of ourselves we create a defense mechanism to never feel that pain again and we hold tightly as a form of control and we go through life with this unconscious pattern of i'm never going to feel this pain again now we've sort of gotten conditioned into a certain you know, way of being a certain persona to never feel that pain again. And we go through our life holding so tightly to this way of being. And that's why we start controlling because we're afraid if I let go of this control, I'm going to feel that pain again. 
And I never want to feel how helpless and how scared I was when I was five or when I was seven. So I got to control everyone and micromanage everyone and micromanage how you perceive me. Then we, so as children, and that's why we end up control freaks because we're trying to avoid feeling what occurred. And then we develop all of these unfelt the layers of unfelt emotion that we just stuff and suppress and suppress. Then as children, we go into our lives and the sense of who do I need to be? Who do I need to be in order for mom and dad to love me? And we yeah. develop a role and a mask and a face and a, a persona and a kind of an identity. Like, oh, I'm going to be the good kid. I'm going to be the response for me, the good kid, the all-A student, the responsible one, the kind one, the, the nice one, the smart one, the, the one that never, you know, everything was great all the time. And I had to just smile all the time and be, yeah. be okay. You know, oh, poot, such a great kid. And so that identity gets reinforced. And again, we start contorting ourselves into a shape of becoming who we think we need to be. And we, it gets reinforced and we hold so tightly to that way of being, ego, we hold so tightly to that way of being that it becomes who we think we are. Yeah. We end up becoming a pattern of, of, of conditioning that we then end up calling me. This is just me. This is just who I am, Laurie. This is, I'm just this. I'm just this way. I was born that way. I'm just shy. I'm just independent. I'm just, and what we don't realize is we've become conditioned. And the degree to which we're conditioned is the degree to which we're not free. And the degree to which we hold tightly to this conditioning is ego. And when we can realize, ah, ego is not who I am. What I am is pure consciousness, pure beingness, pure essence. And all the things that have happened and the way I've been conditioned, it's not who I am, it's just my conditioning. And that conditioning is changeable, that conditioning is malleable, that conditioning can be loosened. But what it first takes, number one, is the willingness to acknowledge that we've been conditioned. Number two, the willingness to start being aware of the patterns of how we react and respond. And so, and so we can start becoming aware of that rather than letting them control us and run us. And also the willingness to, to process, and this is where it takes a lot of courage, the willingness to process through some of the layers of emotion and feeling pain, hurt, shame, trauma, guilt, whatever level it is that we've learned to suppress so deep that we become this person in order to not feel again. And so part of the real healing requires the willingness to feel all of those layers and heal all of those layers. And so the degree to which we are wrapped in ego is the degree to which we're not in flow, the degree to which we force and push and manipulate and cajole and we're not free. And that's when we end up sort of um, resisting life and resisting surrender because to let go, like you're asking me to like let go for the ego, it's terrifying. It's yeah. like it's, it's like a, a kind of death to like let go of who I think I am. And that's why it feels scary. It right. in, in, in fact, surrender is the most natural thing. We've been conditioned to hold tightly to our way of being as this and, and, and to hold on is exhausting but we get used to it. And so I'm saying surrender, which is letting go, is actually natural. It just feels scary because we're so wrapped up in this identification. And so one of the places, the last thing I'll say is just one of the places in terms of maybe where people can start, the, the, the acknowledgement, the awareness, the feeling, but another place as a practice in daily life where I would love to direct people to begin this is where you can begin. One of the things that keeps us stuck as human beings in ego, one of the things that keeps us stuck and resisting are all the ways that we lie to ourselves. As human beings, unconsciously, for the reasons I shared, we have been conditioned to lie to ourselves. And many times we are in denial. We don't even know that we're lying to ourselves. We're just living what we're living until we end up experiencing so much pain in life, pain in relationship, pain in certain experiences, that we're forced to kind of crack open and let go because we start realizing that the way we've been and the way we're doing it is no longer working. And so we lie to ourselves about relation. We stay in relationships that we know aren't right. We've worked jobs for decades that we know we're compromising our essence. And so for me, the first place people can start is a, is a, is a consistent exploration to ask oneself, what lies am I telling myself? 
is to start with the truth, the real, raw, unapologetic, authentic truth. What lies am I telling myself? And to be really real about that, we have to want the truth more than we want what we have. We have to want the truth more than we want what we think we want. And when we, to me, the tr there is no transformation without truth. And to me, truth is real spirituality. It's real spiritual practice. It's real prayer. So what lies am I telling myself? And I think if people can take, one thing that will help is to take the pressure off of yourself from having to take any action. Because sometimes the, the fear of having to take action in terms of the consequence can, can create more resistance where we're like, if I really acknowledge that I'm not in love, if I really acknowledge that I hate my job, then I'm going to have to leave. And so we kind of sometimes go into this smokescreen of confusion of, I don't know, and I'm not sure, and I'm confused, and deep down, we know, we know yeah. what the truth is, but we're afraid of the consequence. So if you can just say, you know what, uh, I don't have to take any action, but I'm just going to acknowledge the truth as a step one. I hate my job. I hate my job. You don't have to leave. Just feel it. Just feel the pain of that. I hate my job. I'm not in love anymore. Just feel that. Just acknowledge that. Feel that. Let that process begin. Then the second thing is to really is connected. Ask oneself, what am I pretending to not know? Which is a deeper cut of the question. What am I pretending to not know? Because many times we'll we'll pretend to not like. I don't really. So many people say I don't really know what my purpose is. When we we know. There's just a deep fear inside of if I really know what my purpose is, I may have to take action. And sometimes being in confusion becomes a safety mechanism from having to take action. And now we can always live with the hope of the future fantasy. And so to own our knowing, what am I pretending to not know? And the third question becomes, what is the lie that I'm telling myself? What is it costing me? What is it costing me? Because there is a cost for lying to ourselves. It keeps us stuck. And what we don't deal with, we'll deal with us eventually. That's when we end up living a limited life. What is it costing me? What, it will, what we will often feel when we lie to ourselves is pain. Many of us, we end up feeling so much pain in our lives, but pain is a gift. Pain is a blessing. Pain is your friend. The challenge is we often distract ourselves from the pain. We smoke right. it away, drink it away, sex it away, you know, social media it away. So we don't feel the pain. Yeah. And, 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 and that keeps us stuck. And so if you're willing to create the space in your life to just acknowledge the truth, feel the truth and feel the pain and let that pain marinate. Let it, look, when we lie to ourselves, it's meant to be painful. It's not meant to feel good. So the fact that we feel, we feel pain, I say, yeah. is a healthy thing. It means the fire alarm system inside of us is working. It's feedback trying to tell us, take a look at something, take a look at something, take a look at something. If we don't, the pain grows, turns into depression, turns into physical ailment, a dis-ease, because this, this unacknowledged truth is trying to get our attention. And so uh, truth is a place that people can start, begin telling yourself the truth about what's real, about what you feel, about who you are, the truth will set you free. It will. I, I love that. So, you know, willingness is a huge part of that. Huge. You must be willing. You have to get to the place. <clears throat> if you are so uncomfortable in your life, the only way that you are going to move through that discomfort and into a better place is to start with that willingness, right? To, to ask yourselves, those questions. And we talk, we've talked a lot about that on this show before is you have to ask yourself a better question. You have to ask quality questions, empowering questions, questions that you must then be willing to answer truthfully, uh, which is very difficult for people. Because as you say, if you start answering truthfully, that now means you either have to live with that and continue yes. to live with the lie which we all know is not good, um, or you have to do something about it. You have to take responsibility. You have to take a risk that is scary. You have to move from what's familiar into what's unfamiliar. And that is very difficult. You have to move from certainty to uncertainty. And as we know, you know, a lot of times people are much more willing to live in 
familiarity and certainty, even if it's painful, because that is for them a safer, better choice than the unknown or the unfamiliar. But again, as you've pointed out, if you are willing to just trust in the process and ask yourselves those questions, answer truthfully, you can move through it, move into that place of just surrendering, starting with those things. Um, you, you will then be able to dissolve that pain and suffering and evolve and you will definitely find yourself in a better place but it's scary but you've got to be willing to isn't it kind of scary though i say this a lot to to my clients that we have these similar discussions and say but that's really hard that's really scary that's really you know i'm worried um what if but you're already doing that you're yeah. already doing hard you're already doing painful you're already doing you think you're in certainty but you're not you know yeah. you're already doing it so if you're gonna do it anyway why not why not you know why redirect not it? why not risk you know sometimes you say well what if it doesn't work out well it's not really working out now you know it's not really happening right. I, I remember having a conversation with a client who wanted to start her coaching business and she wanted my support and guidance because i've been coaching for many years and she had a corporate position and, but what if it doesn't work and what if it doesn't work and what if i don't? and so so what's the worst that can happen okay you leave your job and you and you you give it a shot for a year she had enough money for a year to, to not make any money for a year in her coaching business. and what if it doesn't work then and the, the, long story short is the end of the, the scenario of her worst case scenario was she run out of money and then what well then she would just get another job doing what the same thing so technically right now you're you're living your worst scenario right now <laughs> oh, already you're actually yeah. if the worst scenario is you run out of money and you get a job doing exactly what you're doing that means what you're doing is already your worst scenario so what is the risk you know and, and in a sense what is the risk and so i think many times from the perspective because we're so locked in our, all of us, we are conditioned to get locked in our ego until we start questioning ourselves. Who am mm -hmm. I? And that's, I think, a blessing in the pandemic. We were forced to maybe question ourselves for the first time in a very, very deep way. Who am I? And what am I? And what do I want? And what's real? And what's true? And what's authentic? And what's underneath there that I haven't been dealing with within myself? And that questioning is part of what leads to self-awakening and freedom. But when we're locked from into the, the pattern or grip of our ego, which is just identification, this is me, the ego is not able to see the entire uh, infinite perspective and possibilities of life. And so when things happen that we may not understand or don't go according to plan, from that limited lens of the ego, we will tend to make up meaning about that situation. You talked about meaning earlier. We will tend to make up meaning about what's happening as a form of trying to understand what's happening, because the ego is always trying to understand what's happening. And one of the ways to control is to figure everything out, because if I can figure everything out, then I can be in control, which is really an illusion, because as many times we think we know, but we really don't. And as many times we thought we knew what something was, but we were wrong, and often we were wrong. And, and, and so often the interpretation that we make up about an experience or a situation will be limited because we're interpreting it from the lens of the limited mind and limited ego. And I want to ask people a question to sit with. If you really reflect, because people might be thinking, how do I trust more? If you really reflect on, every, on the things in your life that didn't work out how you thought, think about all the things that didn't work out and how they ended up working out better than you could have imagined. Now, somebody, might, there's always a naysayer that says, no, but, you know, I lost my job when I trusted and the, sh the shit didn't work out. So think about now the things that didn't work out and you think initially worked out worse. Like you lost your job, then you moved into your parents' house and you got a divorce. And in the moment that it's happening, it might seem like it worked out worse. But many times with a little space, with a little perspective, with a little time, a year later, five years later, a decade later, you look at that worst thing that you think was the worst thing that really didn't work out. There's the proof. 
And you'll see that if you didn't lose your job, you would not have moved back home. If you didn't move back home to your hometown, you wouldn't have met your business partner. You wouldn't have met your soulmate who then you had a kid with and all these things. And so in the moment when something's happening from the perspective of the ego, we're not always able to see why it's happening and make sense of why it's happening. This is why I say, don't, when something doesn't go according to plan, don't make a meaning about it. Don't try and understand it. Don't try and latch onto an interpretation. Actually, surrender is to step back mm -hmm. and get curious. Curiosity is a key quality in surrender. It's the willingness to not know rather than, oh, I know why this is happening. I know why this is not happening. I know why this is happening. It's like the willingness to say, I don't know why this didn't happen. I'm gonna do my best to trust even though I may not trust fully right now but at least I'm not going to make a meaning about right. God doesn't love me. I'm a victim. It's wrong. I'm just going to say, I don't know. And in that not knowing there is an openness availability to allowing life, allowing life to show you, allowing life to reveal itself to you. And I promise you with a little time, if you're truly open, not just to hearing what you want to hear, because when we want to hear what we want to hear, we, we go through life with tunnel vision. If you're truly open, then life will reveal itself to you. And part of surrender is part of surrender is the willingness to allow life to lead you rather than you pushing life. It's when you can allow life to lead you, then you can embrace the unknown more. And when you can embrace, like, like our ability to be free is in direct proportion with our ability to embrace the unknown. And when we're willing to embrace the unknown more, then we can allow life to guide us, life to lead us, life to show us, life to reveal itself to us. And then you start finding out that you don't have to know where you're going. And many times we think we know where we're going and we realize, shit, I, I, it wasn't leading me anywhere I thought. It was a different, I was in a, I thought I was in Kansas, but I was in, I was in Africa, you know? And we, we, we can't see it in the moment. And that's, I think, the beauty of life. That's the magic of the willingness to say, I don't know, but not from a victim place of like, I don't know, so I'm gonna sit here and do nothing. I don't know, but I'm gonna lean in and I'm gonna, something's moving me in this direction, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna go in this direction. I'm gonna, something's telling me, call that person, so I don't know why. And, and many times the mind tries to understand why and we end up talking ourselves out of it. I'm simply saying part of surrender, even in a small way, it doesn't have to be a big, like I'm gonna surrender everything. It just might be, I'm feeling life nudging me here. It's nudging me here. I don't understand why, but I'm not going to question. I'm not going to question. And I'm, I'm just going to pick up the phone and call call up Laurie and say, hey, Laurie, uh, I don't know why I'm calling you, but uh, <laughs> just you were in my mind. Oh, my God, could I, was, I was thinking about boom. And, and so surrender is that willingness to just follow the nudging. Sometimes the guidance of life doesn't happen in a big siren bell or a billboard it's just a gentle nudging and if you follow the nudging that's a moment of surrender that's a mini moment of surrender and that moment leads you to the next moment leads you to the next moment and all of a sudden you see yourself in a situation or an experience or circumstance that you said wow i'm here this amazing thing happened i couldn't have planned this and so that's that's part of like surrendering even in little steps yeah, I think that that's such a good thing to impress upon people is you can literally practice surrendering on yes. these little things because we're all getting these little nudges all day, every day. Yeah. And, but we either ignore them or we're, we're just, um, you know, so focused, we're not even aware of them. But exactly. if we do become aware of them, we, we have a tendency to write overthink or override, overrule, you know, yeah. and we just, we don't heed the nudge. We don't heed those little tiny mini calls. And you can practice on those things. Just your, you know, your example of calling somebody is perfect. I mean, I have done that so many times. I've trained myself now to, to um, when the, at somebody random pops into my head just seemingly out of nowhere and i go ah, i should probably okay listen instead of oh, i wonder what they're doing and i hope they're well and then moving on i go that must be a sign that i should connect and so yeah. maybe it's a phone call maybe it's a text maybe it's an email but i connect so you can you can practice on the little things or maybe you're driving somewhere to your you know like you said and and yeah, I just feel like I should turn down this road, or I feel like I should just stop in this coffee shop, or I feel like yep. I should just follow it. Right. Just follow it and do it. And then you'll find that there's this wonderful 
there's this wonderful ease and flow that that comes along with that. And as you get good at that, just really following your intuition, um, you know, you're listening to that little voice. And then you start to feel more trusting and willing to follow that when it's something a little bit bigger that might seem a little bit risky or a little bit scary. And you just, it literally is a practice. You get good at it and you get to trust more and then you're willing to do something bigger and trust more. And it really builds upon itself. It's, it's pretty, uh, it's kind of a magical thing, which is that like, the mir is that the miracle zone? I mean, what is you? That's miracles. Yeah, right. that that I think when when we when we surrender in because when when like you, I always say you don't have to know where you're going to get to exactly where you need to be, but there's something inside of you that knows. So what I have found, and I've lived it in my life, you know, what I have found is when you you're following that nudging, many times that nudging and that intuition is arising. It's 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 a subtle sense that's different than your mind. It's arising from that unconditioned part of your your essence and it's arising from let's say source the oneness where everything exists and because it's arising from there it's not conditioned with your own ego or your fears or your wounds or your personality it's arising from a deeper part of you and when you follow that when you follow that then that that guidance because it's not arising from your limited ego or mind it's not limited. It's not limited to what your ego and mind can create. That means you're now in an unlimited zone of possibility. And then what can unfold from following that unlimited guidance is also not limited. And that's, that's the magic. And so I'll give you a quick example. Fake surrender and real surrender, okay? <laughs> now, people people might say fake surrender, fake surrender. Fake surrender is this. Yeah, I, I know I need to let go. I know I need to let go. Um, but I'll let go of this relationship, as an example. Someone was like, I'll let go so that I, they'll come back to me. I'll let go so that, and we have an idea or a projected, you know, desire or wish of what will happen if we let go. I'll let go so that. It's right. a letting go with a condition. The strategy, not a it's surrender. A it's a surrender as a egoic strategy. Yeah. But real surrender is when you say, you know what? Something's nudging me here. Something, something's calling me here. Some, something, I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense, but I can't deny that it feels true. I can't deny it feels real. It feels like, I don't know. I, and so you follow that. And, and the willingness to follow that or let go of whatever you need to let go of in the process and the willingness to not project into the future what you think is going to happen, project your intention into the future about it, but to say, I'm going to follow that and I'm surrendering because that's what I'm guided to do without any projection into the future, because what you might project into the future is always reference from your past. Yeah. And then you end up limiting in your future the possibility of life. So when you live in the unknown, you're not limited to the present or the past. You're, it, it's, it's truly in the now, it's unlimited. That is the zone of miracles because you as the ego self, we talked about earlier, are not in the way anymore. You're out of the way. You're completely open. That's where miracles happen. Miracles happen when you, aren't doing them. Miracles happen when you're not in the way. Just a reference. Jesus said, this is just an example. To me, Jesus was just a possible, someone who realized the possibility of who he was, you know? And I think, we're, and, and he said, we're all capable of realizing what he realized. And so he was a miracle man, right? Miracle zone. Talk about someone who manifested miracles, turned water into wine. But here was the secret. He would say, it's not I, I, that does the work. It's the father, it's to me, the father, the universe, life, infinite intelligence, source, energy, it, the divine, whatever label you want to, it's not I, little me, little Ku, little Laurie, you know, li, little John that does the work as an ego, personal power, personality, it's life that does the work through me. And anyone that did anything truly great, Gandhi, Muhammad Ali, Mother Teresa, they got themselves out of the way. And they that's when they tapped in. 
that's when they tapped into the miracle zone and realized it's not me that's doing it. It's life, like life doing it through me. They showed up, they did the work, but they tapped into another dimension, you know, of, of life and magic and synchronicity that, that, that flowed through them. They weren't yeah. limited to just themselves anymore. That's the magic. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, along with the, uh, the things that we were talking about earlier, being willing and trusting and all of those things, you, you know, it takes an element of humbleness to be willing to allow life to express through you. You really have to be willing to say, I really don't know anything. I know very little as a That's human. That's the truth. That is know? evolution. That is, that is the sign of spiritual growth. I don't know anything. The deeper anything. we go, the deeper I go, the more I realize I don't know a damn thing. I thought I knew, you right? know, but I really don't know. That's growth. Yeah, I remind myself of that quite frequently when I take my dog out for a walk and I have this phrase I say to her and I say, Nikki, look at we're on top of the world. And it reminds me of the perspective that we all, we're all so myopic, you know, as we're stuck on this ball that's literally just suspended in eternity. You don't even have words to describe it. And if you, you know, remember that, that you are so, so tiny on this magical globe, hanging out in the middle of eternity, you know, doing this magical work that it does, it really puts your life and what you think are your problems and all the good things and all of the not so good things in, in, in a proper perspective. And it allows you to go, crap, I don't know shit. I don't know anything. And then I laugh at myself because you know, we really don't. And, but it opens up this allowing of just like, okay, now that I have admitted and I'm humble enough to say, I don't know shit. I don't know anything except I'm walking on this globe in the middle of eternity right now with my dog. And that feels really awesome. And something opens up, something shifts and it, and it kind of like recalibrates you. And, and then things just everything feels like it's in a better place and you're open to just more expression and more evolving and more growth. And it, and it just puts you in such a more blissful state, no matter what is going on in your life. And so being able to have the, the tools or some sort of, you know, some sort of things surrendering to be able to put yourself in that state no matter what is going on around you or to you or with you or to people you know um it just uh it's it helps you to demonstrate to others what's possible no matter what is going on in their life as well and i think that that demonstration is it can it's contagious so we're going to we're we're all contagious right and so we have the choice though to, to are we going to contaminate people with negative stuff and low vibrations and you know um just erroneous thinking or we can contaminate people with this higher vibrating with this state of peace with this state of allowing and surrendering and let life express through us and it's such a much more beautiful way to spend time and experience life so on that note i hope you will come back because i have a whole page of questions that i did not get Let's to talk it. about yeah and I, I, I really really love talking about the the spiritual aspect of things and i think that we don't have enough of that going on in our world right now so i hope you'll come back and let's dive more into it uh plus you got to come back and tell me you're going rogue story and you got to come back, I'll be back. I want to talk about your mom too, because I was so, um, I love her story, your parents' story. I would like you to, so we're just going to tee that up for next time. Yes. Um, meanwhile, I do want you to share with people where they can find out more about you, all your, all your stuff, where to get your book, everything. Go. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Um, the magic, depending on people listen to this, uh, the magic of surrender book comes out, especially in paperback on May the 3rd. And so get the book order the book, pre-order the book, the whole week of the May 3rd week till May the, that, that, that entire week, 
Uh, you can pre-order the book on Amazon. Go to Amazon, The Magic of Surrender, Coop Laxon. Uh, for those that get the book, I'm doing a special uh, virtual online event on May the 7th. It's called Reinvent Life. Going to be sharing with, with you how to reinvent yourself, letting go of the past, connecting with your power, and sharing your gifts with the world. That's May the 7th uh, for those that pre-order the book. And so once you get the book on Amazon, go to www.kuteblackson.com forward slash reinvent seminar and then you can enter your name your email and your receipt and get access to a whole bunch of free gifts and also uh the may 7th event uh live as well so hope to see you there my, my main website is coop laxon uh instagram coop laxon uh facebook coop laxon and those that perhaps want a deep dive of transformation twice a year i do a my favorite event twice a year 12 days in bali uh, it's a deep dive of transformation. It's called Boundless Bliss Bali. So that's www.boundlessblissbali.com. Awesome. Awesome. And we'll put those links in the show notes Thank too. You. Um, so people can easily find you. And that event, that stuff is like right around the corner now. We're upon it. So make sure everyone to check it out. Koot, you have been awesome. Thank you so Thank much you so for your much. time. And I do look forward to our next conversation. So everybody, just uh, just know Coot's work has changed thousands of lives around the world and it can change yours too. So if you are a seeker and you are always looking for ways to grow and evolve, um, make sure to check out his new book, The Magic of Surrender, and of course, his website and all of the links that he just uh, told you about. There's a lot of goodness going on there. Uh, and then remember, surrendering and letting go of control can often lead you to a much better life experience all right so for those of you that are interested in private coaching with me make sure you head on over to lauriebischoff.com make sure to subscribe share the show and spread this good shift around and if you found value in it please give us a rating and a five-star review that really inspires other people to listen to all of the great shift being shared here until next week Stay feisty, my friends. Try a big, fat dose of surrender and go make some epic shift happen in your lives. You too, Gary Vee.